0: In the beginning, when all things were, even before. But this night is the night that we pause as your church to remember, to worship, and to celebrate his coming. The fulfillment of your promises, the fulfillment of your your promise that you would redeem your fallen people. And it is only through your son that that is possible. So tonight, God, I pray that you would be in this room as we worship you, And dear God, that you would bless us with your presence. As we, your people, worship together, Lord, unite us through the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Unite us through the salvation that is only possible through him. Let this night be for you, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Y'all dress up pretty good on a Friday night. Amen. Where else are you going to be on a Friday night in Cookville, Tennessee, other than Sovereign Grace Baptist Church? Amen. Well, there's no better place to be than right here. We do have uh, several families that cannot be here tonight, but even then I'm looking out over this congregation and we're a, we're a full house. We're glad to have the firmans back with us. Amen. They've, they've wandered away up the plateau to Crossville and they found their way home. And so we're glad to have them with us and as I look out over this congregation, I'm just uh, amazed at how God has blessed our congregation this year. He's brought new families here to be a part of this this family. Um and we are worshiping together. But I do ask that you keep in mind uh keep in prayer uh families who cannot be here tonight, who are normally here because we have sickness still in our church. Um the Stewart family uh is a new family. They they are still dealing with some sickness. We hope to see them this Sunday, but uh Lord willing. They will be here. But we got word this afternoon that Melanie Parrott, uh, you know, Matt and Melanie, our first missionary, is going out. Uh, Melanie is really battling COVID in a bad way right now. Um, and uh, can we pray for them at this moment? Let, let's just lift up a prayer for Matt and Melanie. They've been sick for weeks. Um, and today, Melanie was just pouring out her heart. She's not well. Let's pray for them. Father God, tonight, as we worship and celebrate here in your house, we. Collectively, as one body, come to your throne, um, on behalf of Matt and Melanie Parrot, and the whole kid, all the kids, the whole family, Lord, has been sick. They, they are, they are going out, uh, following your call to preach the gospel in, in missions and to evangelize. But right now, they're dealing with sickness. And Lord, I pray for Melanie tonight that you would touch her, that you would heal her. And for Matt as well, as he continues to recover, that you would strengthen him, but that you would also protect the kids and just love on this family tonight, we pray. We cannot be with them. They cannot be with us, but we can connect through you as we come to your throne. You know exactly where they are. You know exactly what is happening. And we trust you, Father, that you would hear our prayer. And we just ask in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would love this parrot family. And bring them home. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Turn with me tonight to Psalm 98. Dwayne Adkins read Psalm 96 for us tonight. And as we read Psalm 98, you're going to, if you paid much attention to these two Psalms, they're very similar in their, uh, in their message. And I want us to just look through this Psalm tonight briefly as we prepare to worship uh, through candlelight and through song. Let us read Psalm 98 together. Are you able to stand? Please do so. And let's read God's word together, Psalm 98. And as we read this psalm, I'm going to read it, but just uh, read along uh, silently where you stand. But as we, as we hear God's word here in Psalm 98, I want to ask that you kind of take your mind to where the psalmist mind is. Where is the psalmist as he sings and praise this psalm to the Lord? Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Are you Have a seat. Are you hearing the praise of the psalmist here. What is the psalmist singing praise for? He's singing praise for salvation is coming from the Lord. And tonight, Christmas Eve night, as we gather as God's people, we are celebrating this truth that salvation has come from the Lord. Amen. Joy to the world is one of the more popular Christmas songs. And we're going to sing that here this evening. We're going to sing it here in just a few minutes. But Joy to the World is one of the more popular Christmas songs in the English language. And this hymn brings remembrance of rich theology. I mean, there's deep truth in that hymn, Joy to the World. There's biblical theology in that hymn. There's truth of the incarnation. As we sing that hymn, we are singing Psalm 98. There's a connection here between Psalm 98 and joy to the world. In contrast to a wonderful hymn like Joy to the World by Isaac Watts, secular Christmas music fills our airways, doesn't it? And it fills our streaming services now. How many of y'all have been listening to secular Christmas music for about a month? You can, it's okay. You can confess in church tonight if that's what you've been doing. No guilt, no condemnation, but notice the difference between rich, theological, biblically sound hymns like Joy to the World, and we're going to look at that here in a minute, in contrast to the secular songs that fill our Christmas airwaves. One favorite secular song from the 20th century that is kind of, it's kind of, it's close to me is is that jazz-filled theme from the Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, as I say that, that tune is now in your brain. Da 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 da. -da. Yeah. But notice this. I mean, the song has no lyrics, but it's jazz-filled. It's it's rhythmic. It's head-bobbing in its beats. And it conveys celebration, and it conveys innocence and childhood fun. And then even other songs that you might be, have heard recently that is always in that loop every year is the I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. And songs like that just don't seem to reflect the biblical truth that we just read in Psalm 98 or that we're going to sing through joy to the world the Lord has come. You notice the difference here in what we have done to the Christmas season in contrast to the truth of God's promise fulfilled. Now, let's just be honest. I mean, the secularization of Christmas is nothing new. It's been around since the beginning of the church. Okay. Um, One of the reasons that the, the Puritans argued against the celebration of Christmas is not that they were against celebrating Christmas. What they were opposed to was the secular, raunchous celebration, drunken celebration that Christmas brought in the secular world of their day. They worshiped the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ in ways that, wow, we could really learn from. But we have, in our secular modern 21st century world, We've lost the biblical truth in the theology of the night. The ideas conveyed in the hymn "Joy to the World." What does it, I mean, these ideas express the fulfillment of the covenant promises of God, and it does so in simple verse and wonderful melody. But it conveys the beauty of the gospel that secular Christian music is, or Christmas music is just not going to do. I can even say secular Christian music at the same time. You know what I mean there. We're going to sing this wonderful hymn tonight as our closing hymn of worship. And so in preparation for singing that song here in a little bit, corporately, that song is a wonderful classic from Isaac Watts. I want us to take a look at the biblical source of that song here in Psalm 98. I mean, if you want to, if you want to juggle both your Bible and a hymnal side-by-side, side, Joy to the World is in hymn number 224. And we're going to look at Psalm 98 as well. But that first verse of Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Verse 1 says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Notice the simplistic conveyance of the gospel here. Joy to the world. This this first verse of the hymn echoes what the psalmist says in Psalm 98. And the psalmist here is most likely, David, there's just not a certainty that it was David, depending on the scholar you talk to. If it wasn't David, it was clearly in the spirit of David. But the first two verses of Psalm 98, compare that to what we just read in Joy to the World. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Same idea. You see that? Psalm 98 is, is clearly a song of joy and celebration. It's, it's a remembrance of God's faithfulness, but it's also a prophecy of a promise yet to come. That's the beauty of many of the Psalms. They, they had double meaning. They were a celebration of something that actually happened, while at the same time, that historical fact of God intervening with his people points to a future prophecy of the fulfillment of his son, Jesus Christ. It's both and. And that's what we see here in Psalm 98. This is a psalm of joy for the salvation that has arrived at that time, but also for the salvation that will come someday. Now, one theologian said this of Psalm 98, this psalm is to be understood prophetically of the redemption of the world by Jesus Christ. That's what tonight is about. This is the night the church pauses and we take seriously the, the reality of the salvation that is offered through Jesus Christ and through Christ alone. It is a, it's, a, it's a promise fulfilled. So why does the psalmist call for us to sing to the Lord a new song? And that's what I want to ask us all tonight to think. Are we singing a new song? Or are we just getting through the holiday? As I look out amongst you, I'm wondering how many of us in this room actually have a new song in their heart tonight? I mean, going, I mean, I'm talking to you from God's Word, and that's a serious thing. But this is also a time of celebration and joy, isn't it? So, Baptists, we can have joy and celebrate tonight, and that's okay. If, if an amen is coming out of you in joy, go right ahead. We don't have to be stoic, okay? I mean, it's, it's ironic that we, as good Baptists, we read Scripture that's talking of joy and celebration in a stoic manner. That's kind of, kind of contradictory, isn't it? <laughs> so let's be joyful tonight. Why does the psalmist call for, a, for us to sing to the Lord a new song? It's because the Lord has done a marvelous thing. He's done a marvelous thing. Although God repeatedly and faithfully does marvelous things, he he does a new marvelous thing as he brings Christ into the world. Amen? Is that not worth singing about? Is that not worth having joy about? Now, it's possible... Thank you. Thank you, Bill. You see, here in Psalm 98, it's very possible this psalm was sung at a time of remembrance for remembering that how God redeemed His people from the Egyptian slavery, it could have also been sung at the same time as people were celebrating and remembering that God released His people from captivity in Babylon, the captivity that God sent them to. Now, remember, as they went off to Babylon, they didn't stay in Babylon. The Persians came and took over the Babylonian Empire there toward the end of some of their captivity. So they were it was a double whammy for them, wasn't it? But God still brought them home. And so they were remembering that as they sang this song. Yet there was yet to be another more marvelous thing, a wonderful victory that would be above all victories. God has and he will work salvation by his mighty arm and his powerful right hand. That's what we're singing about. That's what we're remembering tonight. Amen. Amen. Look here at verse two. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Or I love the King James in the sight of the heathen. You love that? Isn't that amazing? God has made known his salvation and has revealed his righteousness really in the sight of all. There is no One who can hide from it because God has revealed it. And the night that his son was born was the night that God fulfilled this promise. And he allowed shepherds to come and witness the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. And you have to remember that the shepherds who came, they were known for being big blabbermouths. The shepherds were, that's how news traveled in, in that time. Shepherds didn't stay in one place very long. And when they went to a new place, they shared all the stories that they knew from where they had come from. You see how God in His wisdom allowed that to happen? Likewise, who was the Son of God to be? He was the greatest shepherd of all. And it was the shepherds who came and witnessed His birth on His, on that holy night. What salvation needs to come according to Psalm 98? I think that Psalm 102 can help us see this. If you've got your Bible, you can flip over a page there. Psalm 102 is a prayer of the afflicted. It is a prayer for the miserable or the weary and the weak. Psalm 102 beginning in verse 18 helps us see what kind of salvation needs to come. The psalmist says, let us be, re- let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord that he'd look down from his holy height from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem, his praise when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship The Lord. That helps us see what kind of salvation needs to come. These verses explain the affliction of the human condition. We live in a fallen world. We who are created in God's image live in misery and affliction and the world around us groans crying out for relief. Augustine said of these verses that the groaning of the earth under the misery and the doom of human sin is a medicinal pain. It is humanity that is doomed to die. That's what we see here in Psalm 102, verse 20. It is humanity that is doomed to die because of our rebellious fall in Eden. All of the earth groans because of our failure. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, this is Christmas Eve. Why are you being so gloomy, and doomy? Because we have to understand from Scripture why we are singing a joyful song. So when we read Psalm 98 verses 4 through 9, the response of the earth that is groaning for the coming of salvation is reflected here, the response of the earth to the announcement of salvation, to the announcement of this marvelous work. The earth itself sings a new song, just as we sing a new song tonight. Salvation is announced, folks, and that's why we're here. Amen? Salvation is here and the rocks and the hills of creation sing a new song of praise just as the redeemed sing a song of praise. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Notice who's singing here. Beginning in verse 4 through 9, there are musical instruments playing joyful melodies to the Lord. Humans have to be singing here in verses 5 and 6. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Now, rocks and trees cannot play musical instruments. These are human beings who are singing praises to the Lord. Those who are doomed to die are now singing glorious praises to the Lord because He has done a marvelous thing. And as human beings sing, notice who sings in verses 7 through 9. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. Who is singing here? (laughs) I mean, the sea roars, the rivers clap, the hills sing joy together. Have you all listened to that lately? Or is our modern world too digital and too loud and too busy to even hear the praises of God's creation? Even in the middle of the winter, on December the 24th, amen? That That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when we compare what we just read here in, in Psalm 98, verses 7 through 9, Joy to the world, the hymn, in verses 2 through 3, echoes the same kind of message. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow, far as the curse is found far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. You're hearing the same message in that wonderful hymn that we're seeing in the Psalms. This is why classic Christmas hymns of this caliber teach us as much Scripture as anything else can because the written hymn of Isaac Watts is not only inspired by the psalm, but actually tends to imitate it and mimic it. So tonight, as we meditate on the importance of this holy and silent night of our Savior's birth, this is a holy night for real, isn't it? It's a holy night for certain. It's a holy night when the holy nature of God, when the Son of God comes into the fallen and miserable state of the earth and of humanity. This is what we're remembering. That night, thousands of years ago, was when the holiness of God steps into the sinful nature of man. God who is holy and eternal, and we'll use another theological word, immutable, meaning he's changeless, he stays the same all the time, past, present, and future, who needs no progress and no change and no, no advancement. God is who he is, he is complete. He adds to his nature our sinful nature and he still remains holy and unchangeable and eternal. Amen. Now that'll blow your mind. It's not that God takes on our human nature to become sinful. He takes on our human nature to redeem us from it Amen. because we cannot do it. That's the new thing. That's the mighty thing that the psalmist is speaking about. So tonight, let us all ponder the impact of this marvelous thing that God has done. Let's ponder the impact of Christ Jesus, the Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, the Son of God. He came to save us from this doom of death and to recover the groans of the earth. So that there's a new and joyful song of praise. Amen. 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 Nathan, if you'll come on forward, buddy. We have, we have been celebrating Advent for four weeks. Tradition of the church that is very rich of anticipation and, and, and joy. An expectation, and tonight is the night that all of that comes to completion. Tonight, this holy night, as the scriptures tell us, our Savior was born in Bethlehem in that that cattle stall. I'm not going to split hairs, whether it was a cave or whether it was the first floor of some house or whether it was some wooden shack. I'm not going to split hairs. Who, who knows? Who cares? All we know is that Jesus Christ was born into humble, impoverished circumstances. The king of all kings comes tonight. Amen. I want to pray for us. And as uh, Nathan begins to play here in a minute, we're going to share the candles. First of all, does everyone have a candle? If you do not have a candle, raise your hand and some of the men in the back can make sure you get one. But this is a tradition on Christmas Eve that is very worshipful. It reminds us that in a dark, in a dark, dark world, the light of Christ comes. Amen. And so this act of worship tonight is one, it's a a moment of reflection, isn't it? It's a time of pondering. This is the darkest time of the year. (laughs) And the light comes. So, Dwayne, could I, or Mike, could I get you to turn off the lights for me there, buddy? There you go. That works. These other two lights are emergency lights, and the state of Tennessee won't let us turn them off. Okay. Because if there's a fire, we have to get out. That's what it's for. Amen. But if you will notice here on the Advent candles, the center candle that Dwayne and Joy lit tonight, this is known as the Christ candle. It's the last candle to be lit because it is the night that He comes. And this is the night that we pause as God's people and we meditate and reflect on our sin and the joy of salvation that comes. Let me open us in prayer. And then when I conclude in prayer, I want to begin to light some of the candles and we'll share the light together. But as we do, allow that light to grow and grow and grow. And in your heart, let the love of Christ be so much more real and let it grow and grow and grow. Let's pray. Dear Father God, tonight we pause and we celebrate and we reflect and we pray. We give thanks that your Son, Jesus Christ, came on this night of all nights. This is the night that we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate that Christ has come, and our sin now no longer rules. And Lord, we thank you for and so tonight, Lord, many of us in this room are wrestling with dark, dark thoughts, dark actions, dark feelings. We may just be dealing with a dark circumstance, a dark world. Lord, I, I pray tonight as these candles are lit, through God, that you would speak to each and every person here and allow them to feel the warmth. And the love of your son as he enters a dark world, he comes and he redeems us and we become more and more like him. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for providing the atonement necessary for our sins and you redeem us, Lord. Let this night, Lord, be for you. Let this night be for your glory as we worship and we praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Parents, if you'll please kind of help your children with this. Let's make sure no one gets hurt, okay? I'll start with Margo or Ray, either one. There you go. There you go. There you go, mama. Amen. Holy night All is calm All is bright Round yon virgin Mother and child Holy infant soul spell Without the hymn, that's fine too. I was just going to do two verses, but I think maybe we should do all four tonight. If you wish. I mean, there's (laughs) theology in the four verses, it leads us to the glorious promise fulfilled. Amen? That's fine with me. Joy to one second, one second. <laughs> you sound great. <laughs> it's <a> number 224. <laughs> oh, <I knew> that. <laughs> Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive King. Let every heart prepare him room. And evident nature see. And evident nature see. And man, and man, let nature speak. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. Wild fields and flood, rocks, hills and plains. Repeat the sounding joy Repeat the sounding joy Repeat, repeat the sounding joy No more than sins and sorrows come No force infest the ground He comes to pay his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. Well, let's sing this out. He rose the world with truth and And wonders of His love 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 And wonders, wonders Of His love Hallelujah hey, man. Nathan, thank you, brother one last thought here as we close. Joy to the world was a hymn not written for Christmas. That'll blow your mind now, won't it? It was a hymn written for the final and the final return of our Lord yet to come. <laughs> it's actually an eschatological hymn. There's your theological word for the night. But man, it, it still 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 resonates with the Christmas truth as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are all hearts clear tonight? I'm sorry? Can you give me that one more time? Eschatological. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Eschatological. Go look at it. The first one was immutable. tonight. The first one was immutable. There you go. Amen. Amen. I mean, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, we don't pull any punches. We want to go deep, don't we? Amen. Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Is this a night of joy and celebration? Amen. Are you going to leave here with a new song in your heart? Amen. That's my prayer for you tonight. Amen. 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 Joel, would you close us in prayer tonight, please? Father God of heaven and on earth, we bow before you. This is a reverent time to understand that the ugliness of Christmas is sin and the joyfulness of Christmas is your son. Father, we thank you for sending him. We thank you for our hope that we have now and the hope that we have to come. Father, it's only you you can perform these things. We're praising your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please go ahead and blow out your candles. <coughs> Parents, please help with the children. And you can slide your candles back in the box back here. But we're staying for fellowship, correct? <coughs> yes. I want to, first of all, say, ladies who helped set things up, because I know there was no men doing it. I didn't see one. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies, for doing all that you've done for us tonight. If you can stay, please stay for fellowship. God bless you guys.